Hello, podcast listeners. This is Alan Barr, and this is The Alan Barr Show. You can find me at alanbarr.com. I'm an internal tools product manager, and this is a podcast on technology, business, self-improvement, and other topics. I am excited today to talk about today's topic, which is about overcoming adversity, and we'll get into that in the three acts in just a moment. I want to share some really great feedback I received from an audience member to give you some context. I started this podcast because a longtime dream of mine was to become a podcaster in some fashion. I bought the microphone. I set it all up. I didn't do anything with it for maybe 10 years. I lost the microphone. And today, this year, I started this podcast. And the reason I started the podcast was because I heard a silly statistic about becoming the best at podcasting. And it came down to recording 21 episodes. If you reach 21 episodes, you were in the top ranks of podcasts that are out there. And I thought, that seems a pretty achievable goal. I don't even count how many podcasts I'm at now. I'm not worried about it. It's not the goal anymore. However, I received a really great feedback from one of our listeners about the episode on relationships that I will read to you. And he says, I like what you said on your relationships episode. So much so, I actually started doing the things you preached. Network with colleagues that I know better at math than me. So I learned more, which is precious for the upcoming exams. And I was surprised just how much they were willing to help. It's crazy. Thank you. That's really great feedback. And I'm, I'm really excited. I'm supercharged. I want to do 100 episodes or more now. Uh, and that really made my day, my week, my month. Uh, it was fantastic. So if you're out there, you're listening, thank you for the great feedback. I hope that you continue to gain and receive value from this podcast. If you are listening to this podcast, you are a fighter. You are taking on hard, challenging work in the world. You're trying to change it for the better. I'm here to encourage you, to support you, because I've always wanted that in a podcast I listen to, someone that is just behind me and pushing me to do my best all the time. So that's what I'm going to be doing for you in this podcast. I'm going to encourage you to pursue your best, your peak performance, try things out, and be okay when you don't hit the goals you wanted to hit. Because let's face it, trying to do things is difficult, it's hard, it's challenging, but it's worthwhile. If you are also listening to this podcast, you're probably a problem solver. And something you need to be aware of if you're a problem solver is that people will give you more problems to solve. And be prepared for that. It's a burden that you will bear if you are a learner, a problem solver. People will bring you more and more of their problems to solve. So hopefully you're working in a business in a situation where solving those problems benefits you professionally and that you are set up in a way to take advantage of the opportunity that's given to you. But I know that it can feel a little burdensome and challenging if that's your gift. You are given new problems, maybe existing problems, maybe the same problems from people that you think they could have applied a little bit of better decision making, a little bit of better forethought planning. No matter what, you're there to help them. And so let's charge forward and change the world together. All right, let's get into the three acts today. The topic for today's episode is about overcoming adversity. The three acts I will cover, learning from failure and moving forward, 
Act number two, overcoming obstacles, roadblocks, and identifying failure. Act three, leveraging the skills of others to help you succeed. So let's start with act one, learning from failure and moving forward. Now, failure is quite the F word, but let's not think of it as a bad thing. Failure is something that is constant, especially if you ever work in product, product strategy. There are many different initiatives, products, activities that we are going to try, and they're simply not going to work because the real world, what people will pay for is difficult. It's challenging. There's lots of competition out there, and we don't know what is going to be great and what's going to be a hit. And that's okay. We have to be understanding that we need to try things. We need to align, make a decision, and go forth and attempt to conquer. And what we're going to learn is that not everything is going to hit. What we can do is we can look at what worked and what didn't, and then do a post-mortem or a plan to move forward with that information and do something differently. The challenge I typically see is that people defer the recognition of the failure that is happening that the situation is changing and they're not adapting to it. And I think as long as you are learning to identify the failure, which we'll get into in Act 2, you can really avoid a lot of problems. It's when we don't face the facts, we don't look in the mirror, that we run into some problems. As long as we expect that failure will be constant, then it really takes the sting out of failure. What I recommend often is to try something, see if it hits, if it doesn't, move on, move forward. You do not need to publicize any failures that you've encountered or caused or what have you. If you learn some details, you can share those out. It's important that you don't tie yourself to the concept of failure for people because it's not what you're there to be doing. It's about you're trying risky things that are not all going to work. So that's okay. What you want to do is you want to avoid doing the easy things. Typically, if something is easy, it's either been done before, it's probably not going to work. You want to focus on what's hard. I've heard many times working with people where they lament how difficult it is to achieve something. It should be easier. Why isn't it happening sooner? What's going on? It's called work. It's the simple fact of the matter is this is not a charity in what you're doing in life. It's not some type of extracurricular activity it's work you need to do the work you need to bring your best effort and do something different when you encounter new challenges adversity obstacles what i want you to do instead of thinking about the challenge and how it's going to impact your plan i want you to be thankful i want you to express gratitude about that new challenge that you're facing The reason why is it is a gift, and this challenge could be a person, it could be an event, it could be a scenario, it could be a lack of resources. It is a gift. You are given a gift in how to react to a situation. None of us start in our professions as experts. We need to start somewhere. We need to accept that we're at the beginning of a long-term journey. We're not going to be able, we're not going to know all the different techniques that we need to use to employ to achieve a goal. It's just not simply possible. As long as we understand where we are at in our journey, 
we can think of these obstacles as gifts to us to improve, to get better, to reflect on how we would approach them in the future and learn from them. The only way that I've ever learned how to do anything better was by making a mistake. Hopefully, the mistakes that we make are not huge career-ending mistakes. They're simply tiny roadblocks to our future goal and destination. So what I want you to do is focus on doing hard things. Do not do easy things. If you think you are on the right path, do not crow about the value and the future success you're going to have and make all kinds of promises. That is a dangerous route because it's easy to say and do those types of activities and the people that you want to inspire and lead and take to that new destination, they've heard this all before. They've heard all the kind words and the beautiful sayings about how everything's going to be different. There's a new future that we need to go to. And as long as we change these habits, it's going to be great. And then nothing happens. Nobody wants to hear this. What they want to see are the actions and the outcomes that are leading to that future success that you're bringing. Focus on the hard things. Don't focus on easy things that are about selling what you could be doing or causes you to feel like you're successful when you haven't done anything yet. Don't do that. Avoid that. Savor and use your communication sparingly to communicate what is actually happening. Working in technology, we always want to think that a new tool, a new technique, a new buzzword is going to change everything that we do. It won't. It won't do it without us changing ourselves to use the tool. As much as we want to do things better, it takes training, it takes education, it takes habit formation, it takes a unified, concerted effort to make a difference and change how people do their work. In technology, we're facing this period of time where technology is rapidly improving and we may face multiple paradigm shifts in our career. If we're not set up to learn rapidly, change skill sets, and embrace paradigm shifts, we're going to get caught in the dust. And it's really easy for us to want to reject the potential future of constant change because we know our tools, we know how to do the work. Why would we want to do it better or differently when it doesn't benefit us? It does. It does truly benefit us because we want to make better products for other people. And we're constantly improving how we can do that. We might also read about the successes of other companies and their cultures and all those different great stories about how they led a big effort to achieve market domination. Let me tell you what, success is a very poor teacher of how to do and act better. It is not clear. What if a company's success was due to market forces or their distinct culture or the people that they have, the talent? There are a lot of forces that we do not know goes into success. It could be random things. It could be the right timing. It could be many things. Failure, we can learn from failure very easily, very quickly. We can learn what are the things that definitely do not work. Okay, great. Let's not do them. Uh, it could be easy to look at different companies or different cultures uh, and cargo cult their practices into ours and think that, okay, by taking this thing that another group does, let's say it's the Amazon six-pager narrative, we'll do that here, and that's going to change everything. It probably won't because it takes a whole community of people to work together. If they can agree on how they're going to do their work, it becomes much simpler to get all the extraneous details out of the way to start a new business. 
then in that way, the six pager is not a end result. It's a side effect of the practices of the whole organization. So just something to keep in mind. You know, we want to avoid failure. There might be tools and techniques to do so. However, it's a much bigger effort than just one person. The first thing that you can do to start working on avoiding or lessening the damage of failure is looking and becoming clear on the outcome you're seeking, communicating that succinctly to the people you work with so they are also aware what the goals are and how close they are to being achieved. The risk is if we're not clear on what outcome we want, then it's unlikely we're going to get close to achieving that. And then what we might see is we're not sure what failure even looks like, then we don't know when we have failed. And time passes and we're, we're being very active and doing all kinds of movement, but we're not actually successful. So become clear. Take the time. Write down your thoughts. Think. Don't outsource your thinking. That is something that you can accidentally do uh, when you are moving quickly you're busy and you don't want to do that you got you have to take ownership over your thinking and your your goals if you are the leader of a project uh, do the hard thing uh, it might be painful to do that it might take some effort and energy to write down your thoughts but it's worthwhile I guarantee you you will get value out of writing down your thoughts and understanding where are we trying to go Again, I want you to be aware that the adversity, the obstacles, those are gifts given to you to determine what to do with that information. You might perceive someone's concern about your efforts as something that's negative, and maybe that's not. Actually, what they're trying to do is help. They're, they are collaborating. They're doing more than nothing. That's great. It may appear as something that you do not prefer to hear or want to see, in their own way, they are trying to teach you something that you may not know or may not realize. Think of it that way. This is not something that's blocking you. It's something that will help propel you. You just need to get around it. You got to get over it. The best way that we can become better is through leading ourselves. And what I recommend is that you start thinking through how you can use adversity to teach you quickly lessons about yourself. If you want to lead, you got to start with leading yourself. There's there's no better way to do that to start increasing your ability with patience, self-control, tenacity, self-awareness, becoming non-judgmental, becoming an effective communicator, identifying when you're outsourcing your thinking, you're you're putting a lot of expectations on someone else to solve something that you're probably in the best place to solve. Model behaviors of how you want others to act call out bad behavior as you see it it's very important you do that we're going to make mistakes constantly that's normal that's okay we can reflect we can observe ourselves when we make those mistakes and do something about that let's do something about that start with yourself practice self-compassion hold yourself to reasonable standards that show that you care if if your standards are too out of proportion they're too high then you're not being compassionate to yourself. So be compassionate to yourself. It's a long journey we're on. We're not expecting anything next week. Be understandable that you're probably working in a very difficult, hard space. Oftentimes, people don't know how hard a problem is, how wicked of a problem is, and it seems, oh, this, the fix is right around the corner. It's, it's probably not. It could be something that requires millions of dollars, years worth of time, even though it seems so clear what the fix could be. Now, failure seems scary, it seems hard, 
but I want to warn you, if you're not pursuing risk, you're not gaining value. We can be safe by not doing anything. However, we're not seizing opportunities that are waiting for us to capture and take. There is incredible amount of value and opportunity by changing some simple actions in the way that we do our self-leadership, the way we work with others. I'm excited to talk about that in Act 2 and 3. As much as we want someone to come to us and call us forth to action and say, I know it, you are the one that was promised to lead this effort. Come join us. I've not seen that happen just yet. Maybe I'm, I'm working in all the wrong places. I'm not in the right communities. Who knows? I know that all the great activities, the internal developer platform that my team and I have made, all the great changes in the world that I want to accomplish, they're done by the people that care about them and their collaboration. So let's get into act two, where we talk about overcoming obstacles, roadblocks, and identifying failure. I mentioned this a little bit early on in the first act, uh, but I have a quote here, uh, and it says it's attributed to Bruce Lee, and he, he said, be like water. Now, that seems a little odd that you should be like some type of liquid, but the reason why you should be like water is because if you are faced with significant amount of adversity, you have a purpose that is large, it requires a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of thinking, collaboration from other people, I think that the best thing you can do is to be like water, meaning go with the flow, understand that adversity will come, that there will be challenges, people will want you to do things for them in ways that you may not want to do them. If you want to achieve that big purpose you have, if you can be like water, go with the flow, do as those people want you to do, you will be closer to your goal. You will achieve your goal much sooner than applying resistance, attempting to fight back, be like water, go with the flow. That is the way that you can keep up the grit, the tenacity of achieving your goal. Time and time again, in my own life, in my own activities, a large challenge presents itself in the middle of my normal routine. At first, the reaction seems to be, what am I going to do about this this time? My purpose is clear in what I want to achieve in, in my life and how I want to work with others to do it. My perspective now is, okay, great. This is a new challenge. This is something I can learn from. What do I need to do? Do I need to go above, around, left, right? Do I engage others? What do we need to do to get over this? Sometimes the challenge is a gift in the sense that it gives us constraints. We can't do this. We can't do that. We don't have the funds. Can we get creative? Can we get creative is a powerful question that I love asking people because it energizes us to use our creative muscle and think outside of the box. Oftentimes we have the funds to do something and then it just takes time and it's quite boring. However, when we don't have the funds, we don't have the ingredients to do what we want to do, we can leverage our creativity and sometimes we can make a better solution out of that problem. Something I want you to think about when you are encountering a new adversity, a new obstacle, some problem is plopping in your lap, I want you to think about how you can be proactive about that in the future. Oftentimes what I see 
is that people are reactive to their situation, to their life. They are simply a cog in a greater wheel of change. They're given a place to do their work. And as that work comes in, they do the work and then they move on to the next item. If you are working on a big project, a big thing in your life, you have a purpose, you want to be proactive. You want to start looking for people you can work with, activities you can implement, monitoring the metrics of your initiative to make sure that it's on track, it's on purpose, that as much as you can, you're, you're, you're not going to be blindsided by the change in the ecosystem. You have your eyes open, your mind is open, you're listening Listening is key. Listening is important to do. The way that you can stand out is by being proactive, by working on your fundamentals every day. The way that you stand out in your organization, in your effort, you simply integrate a new concept, a new idea, a new learning every week, and you continue to do that. Benjamin Franklin, I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast, had a strategy for how to learn I think that you should be implementing something similar where cutting out time in your week to learn something new, applying that skill in different ways, get better. There's a lot of people that choose to be static. They want to be stagnant. They're not growing. You will be that dynamic force that is learning constantly, that is applying new information. You are a teacher. You are a coach. You are taking advantage of a situation that is ripe for opportunity that others do not see, oftentimes the situation we can benefit from the most is one of lots of ideas that are disconnected that we connect together. Many of the greatest software products of our time are simply packaging of other products into a cohesive unit. If that's all it takes to be a great success is to create a better package of tools, then What's stopping us from becoming the greatest at what we do? It just takes a little bit of extra effort every single day. What I want you to do is be proactive. Think about what are the obstacles that could come up? How do we identify them? And are they worth solving or not? Sometimes there's an obstacle or a roadblock put in front of us. It might not be important enough to do anything about. We could simply walk around it and move on. We don't need to solve every single problem. We do want to be aware of where the failure could occur. How is it going to be surfaced? Is there something that we can do about it? Oftentimes, failure is a perspective. It is not an objective situation. There are many forces in a market, in life, that cause some type of initiative or activity to fail. It's not always clear if that is something you can control, you can do something about As long as you're doing your best to monitor, to observe, to keep in mind what is working, what's not working, that's really the best you can do. There are outside forces that you don't control. I'm not expecting you to do anything about that. What you can do is be a better leader. You can grow your people around you. You can encourage them and you can leverage them. And so that's what we're going to talk about in to act three, which is leveraging the skills and abilities of others to help you succeed. I truly think that teamwork is the greatest force that we can use to be successful and to avoid failure. Oftentimes, failure can come from the lack of teamwork, the lack of kindness, the lack of accountability. 
What stands my teams apart from others is that they are accountable to each other. I hold them accountable. I hold the people around me accountable to the results that I am seeking with the work that we do. I want them to be high performing and I see that they are high performing because they have the context, they have the information, they have working agreements, they have everything that they need to be successful and to work hard and to continue to deliver each week. And that excites me to work with people that want to act and behave that way. If you stand up for those high standards, you will attract people like that as well because we all wanna work around people that have a shared purpose, have a shared goal, that are kind and are willing to deal with the hard conversations and not defer them to a later time and incur that penalty, that cost of the missed communication, the lack of communication. It takes all kinds to achieve a big goal. We're not always gonna get along with every single team member. They all bring their own strengths and weaknesses to the table. They may not be a great fit for a certain type of work that you are asking them to do. We need to be better observers and noticers of other people. We wanna make sure we're putting the right person on the right task, that they understand the vision and the strategy of achieving that vision. If they don't, then why would we expect them to be successful and to feel that same level of purpose that we are experiencing? It's really on us to be better communicators to our teams so that they can take on the full ownership of the activities we want them to do. A powerful thing that you can do is turn the people around you into leaders that can grow other leaders. It's not an easy task. It's not simple. I don't have great advice on how to achieve that. However, if you lead a life where you are constantly self-improving, that you exhibit self-leadership, self-awareness, self-control, patience, etc., etc., people will see that. They will see your actions. People always see the actions and not so much the words, and they will change their behavior accordingly. That is the opportunity that you have when you work with other people and to show your leadership skills is they can benefit from what you're teaching them, how they're approaching problems, don't lose that ability to help work with other people. Oftentimes we live in this highly computerized social media world. It's easy now to be disconnected from the activities and the output of work. We have these transactional relationships. We don't want that in our lives generally. There's some instances where it makes sense. I don't wanna have a personal connection with every single person, sure. However, I do think it does make life much richer to have a shared purpose in life, that this person that I'm working with who is doing some activity for me, they are part of my bigger, broader mission in life to achieve a big, hard goal. And what I wanna do is I wanna share with them the, the wins and sometimes the losses of my shared vision, of my shared purpose with them. I want them to see the value that's being generated from the work that they did so that they can feel closer to me and closer to the efforts that we've achieved together. This is not just a transactional relationship where I give you money and then you give me my product. That can work in some situations. However, I feel like a fuller life can be led when we are all on the same page of the mission and vision we're trying to achieve and we can acknowledge each other's strengths and how each other are helping implement that shared purpose and vision. 
the way that you can start doing this is by noticing the activities and the strengths of others as they are doing their work. Let me give you an example of what that could look like. When I am listening into a demonstration of how technology works, where an engineer is going into the details about how a certain technology is interacting with other types of technologies, I understand that this example is quite vague, they are demonstrating their expertise of what they know and how it was applied. And I love to call that out. And I mention that to them and their peers. I noticed that you did this, you emphasized these things. I, I thought that you put in a lot of effort and I can see that you took this seriously. It's as simple as that. Noticing the effort and work that others are putting into uh, a topic or even if they have a certain stance or perspective on how to do something is incredibly important because others that do not have an opinion, they're not leading the way. You wanna identify the people that are leading the way, that are having opinions, that are making a difference. And that is something that is worth advocating for, to ask for more of that, to encourage more of that. This might be a long-term skill for you to work on, it takes some time and effort to think about what is the strength that this person is demonstrating in this moment, and that might not be a strength that you have. So it might be difficult for you to point it out. It seems like this person is good and they're getting a lot of accolades at this now. I don't quite know what's happening. Maybe that's just not your strength. It's a weakness or a blind spot for you. And over time, if you can start calling more and more of those things out, you don't have to do it verbally, just thinking in your mind, what is this person excelling at in this moment? It could be that we're so novice, we're such a beginner at that type of skill that we couldn't even identify that it's happening. If you can provide feedback on that, that is incredible for the individual involved, especially if you work in knowledge work, it's very difficult to get really good feedback from others about what you are excelling at or not excelling at. In the code, you can get some very short feedback. However, there's these bigger concepts in software that are much harder to get an expert opinion about what worked or what didn't work. And if you can learn those things, that is incredibly encouraging and valuable uh, to, sit, to help see yourself grow in that way and understand those concepts that while they're very beneficial and important, we don't talk about them very much because they're so vague. So let me wrap up this act and I'll send us off. I want you to know that everything you need to achieve in this life is inside of you already. You don't need anything extra. You can continue to improve and focus on your core strengths, outsource your weaknesses to others that are way better at them anyways. Find other people to help you and leverage their talents and abilities by noticing how they're acting in the world and what they excel at. It doesn't cost you anything. There's no fee to do that. And the person's going to be thankful that you noticed because in most of our life, the, the relationships tend to be transactional and we're not noticing each other. And that's too bad. We should, we should notice each other. We should just observe, get better at observing the strengths of others that you may or may not have and mentioning them uh, in a short comment. You don't need to be effusive in praise, uh, but people will appreciate being noticed and I think they'll be drawn closer to you and your efforts if you can do that.
For this next week, I want you to get excited. You have everything you need to make this successful, to leverage others, to encourage them, to grow them into great leaders. The reason why is because you're listening to this podcast, you're open and willing to change, you're going to take the feedback, it's going to be a little painful, that's okay, take some time to reflect on it, you don't need to apply it all, consider that we also need to be better at asking for more specific feedback, that's okay, be excited about the next week, be excited about what you can encourage others to do, too often we hear... When are they going to tell us how to achieve these things? It's not going to happen, everyone. Grassroots is a normal thing that we will be using to solve our problems. Obviously, we want to get that buy-in from higher leadership at a later point. However, if you can show the value, if you can demonstrate it without getting the permission, you are light years ahead of anyone else because they're not doing anything I'm asking that you change very small, specific things about your day-to-day that you can be way more successful than you ever expected yourself to be. The way that you're going to do that is by being a better self-leader for yourself, leveraging others' abilities and talents to help you achieve your hard goals, and notice others and their strengths. These will propel you to unimagined heights because you're doing the hard work that others are not doing. It's that simple. Every single day, get better at that one little thing. Every single week, get better at that one little task that you want to get better at, and you will see that you are making great progress. I hope that you're encouraged. I hope that you're excited for what's going to happen, because let me tell you, you are doing great things And we are looking forward to what you make and what you do because who else is going to do it? Come on. All right, listeners, you have a great week. I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy. Let's, let's have a great week.